Welcome to the Spike Feed, your leading Magic the Gathering podcast. What is up? My name is Curtis, and I'm just your typical Spike. On the line with me, my good buddy, producer extraordinaire, and a man who lives for sweater weather. My good buddy, <laughs> Cameron McCoy. Dude, that's a rocking sweater. Can I say that? Well, thanks. You know, it's all I've got in February, okay? <laughs> um, my, my favorite thing about... February is that you can break out the winter clothes. That's legitimately the only good thing about that's, it. Yeah, that's the high point. <laughs> Everything else, to your point, terrible. February and August, I could leave them. You know what so I mean? So long, right? Yeah. At least August has the good courtesy to be baseball season. February, there's like nothing. Now, I should say the Chiefs are playing in the Super Bowl in February, so maybe I should, you know. Things are coming up, right? It's going to be great. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, Cameron, we are on the weird uh, Frexy All Will Be One new release cadence. So it came out in the store, like pre-release on Friday this last week, but it's not on Arena yet. So they've kind of done that in order to promote more people going to the stores. Um, I'm going to assume, I'm not even looking at the show notes right now, that you did not play in a paper pre-release. Is that true? Yeah. I had to work like all day yesterday. I I came super close to going today, but I just wanted kind of like a day to be a very lazy person. And that meant not even stepping outside to go to the comic shop. Hey, man, let's be real here. W- interacting with people can take a lot of work <laughs> at our age, right? Yeah, yeah. As you Dude, get older and five older. Five days a week, like that Sunday, it's a day of rest. yeah. As you get older, you just think, man, living in the woods in Montana wouldn't be so bad, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. you you kind of spark, like, what if I never interacted with another human being again? Maybe that would be all right, <laughs> you know? If I got a dog, that's really all you need, yeah. right? Or yeah. a cat. Oh, cat, not trying to be... Hey, whatever. Yeah, not trying to yuck your yum. Um, so... We are going to talk some more cards that are coming in Phyrexia All Will Be One, but I did not get an opportunity to play with it. Um, It looks like we're both talking a little bit Explorer. Mm -hmm. Um, I do want to say I was at a shop during a pre-release buying Pokemon cards and uh, Flesh and Blood cards. So My son and I were card shopping, and we just happened to take a little bit longer, and so we kind of overlapped with the pre-release. And... The hype meter for this set, for whatever reason, was really strong at the shop. Like, people hmm. were very excited. They looked like they had a real full, like, I mean, it was the most vibrant I've seen a card shop for a Magic pre-release since before COVID. That's so awesome. That's great. I- I'm pumped to play it. I'm pumped to play it. I'm really hopeful. I I really thought Kamigawa would be that, and I think for people that are really, really engaged with the sets, people liked Kamigawa in Dominaria United, but maybe just that kind of fringe player didn't touch it. For whatever reason, this seems to be getting to those players. So, uh, anyway, so more of our thoughts of playing it next week is my point. Um, Cameron, hit me with some Explorer talk, because I have a lot to say here, too. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been playing still a lot of the mono green list. I really, really like that list, but there's nothing really new to say. Uh, One thing I did try out this week, though, was just trying to figure out if... Esper is at all playable in the current meta of Explorer? And the answer is no. Um, But it was really fun trying to figure out um, 
what a 60 could look like just because there are I, I mean the mana base is not amazing but it is playable and against other matchups it can I think win but against the actual good decks it's just there's nothing you could do but for me, the cards that are just really interesting are Meehook Massacre, just with how low to the ground a lot of these creature matchups can be. Yeah. Um, that can, you know, regain a lot of life total for you. Voidrend and Vanishing Verse are still, I think, you know, two of the most incredible removal spells that are in Explore. Um, but consistent mana, guaranteed mana colors that you actually need on turn three. Um, these are the things that are just way too outlierish um, to make it a, a consistently good deck. So anyway, I, I played around with this list. It's not running any thought seizes, which also to me seems like maybe a mistake. But I mean, I see with like this type of control list, what it's trying to do. Maybe thought seize is not the thing to be doing, um, where you're just kind of you know. Drago, Drago, and then eventually play your Teferis or whatever. So I don't know. Like, um, I, I really do kind of find this list interesting. More than anything, Sphinx's Rev is also like a, um, I don't know, a, a great catch-all type list that I absolutely, or card that I absolutely love. Um, I just can't figure out how to get some of these, my favorite cards to actually work in this format. Yeah, Sphinx's Rev, and look, there's no bigger homer for Sphinx's Rev than me. Um, feels like it doesn't fit in how control works because you have to play so much tighter, and Sphinx's Rev is really built for these kind of like longer, bigger board, board states, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where you wear your opponent down to nothing and then chain them. I do like the touch of this list that if you're going to play one, you should probably play two. Um, yeah. So you can kind of build around it. Like whenever it's just a one of, it kind of feels a little dicey to me. Um, you know what you saying this reminded me of? I want to take you back, Cameron. Do you remember when you built a deck when Sphinx's Rev was in standard and the deck got stolen? Oh, you yeah, man. That? Oh, those were the days. <laughs> that, would be, that was like the first like real legit standard deck that I had. Uh it was gone, and like I had two weeks to build a new list for like a Star City event that we went to in St. Louis, where I drove with Dustin. Oh man, it was a crazy time. Yeah, the Ruby Tuesdays trip. I remember that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's all we're gonna say about it. It's yeah. just Ruby Tuesdays. <laughs> um. So, here here's my fly by night thoughts on control in explore it probably should be blue white or blue black and you probably have very lopsided matchups right mm -hmm. um i think at least this is my perspective the the trifecta of decks are mono green humans like white 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 humans right thalia mm -hmm. mutavault i'm talking no collected company I don't know if you've seen this list, but it is quite good. Yeah, it is. Um, like, if you stumble and you're the control deck, they will 100% kill you on turn, like, four or five. Yep. Um, so what did I say? Mono green, mono white, and then some variation of Phoenix, like blue-red Phoenix, whatever. <coughs> um, 
kind of on the outside looking in of that is the, again, the broadly speaking agent of treachery decks, right? You can play blue-red creativity. You can play four-color fires. You can play five-color enigmatic. I never say that word correctly. Fires. I've had the least luck with that version, so I want to play it a little bit um, just to kind of see how it works out. And what's weird about this deck is maybe over and above any five-color ramp deck I've ever played, it's really good against mono red. Hmm. Like there's a ton of incidental life gain. You have that version of Zur from Dominaria that can turn any enchantment into like a hexproof life linker. And so you have like the ability to just pop that off kind of out. Like basically if mono red leaves you alive till turn four, turn five, you, ha- you, you can either tutor or play a bazillion different mm-hmm. um, life linking creatures. <coughs> I even beat it. And, and like now they're to the point where they're leading, uh, leaning a lot on Eidolon. Um, and this deck gives, I mean, zero craps about <laughs> yeah, Eidolon of Prey Rebel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, it is not even remotely close to a problem. So I've been playing the list and having good success with it. Mono green, sh- surprise, surprise, seems a little bit of a problem. Um, if they, quote, go off before you, you really don't have a great mechanism for catching up. You really only have one agent of treachery in the deck to go tutor. Um, and then, like, the mono white deck especially just seems to give you... Like, mono white, mono green, any of these more consistent low-to-the-ground experiences that don't get nuked by life gain like mono red can really get you. Mm-hmm. That being said, I want to throw this past you, Cameron. I think, and this is coming from a guy that's been playing this deck. I think Explorer would be better if we did a thing about some of these cards. Hear me out yep. here. Basically, all the cheat them into play cards. So I'm talking, you know, uh, anything, or we could just ban Agent of Treachery. That would be all right, too. <laughs> yeah. Right? Anything like that. I think we need to do something about Fable of the Mirror Breaker because that card is in everything. Like, as soon as you're... Pl- like, I played against Mono Red opponents to play it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you should be playing it in Jeskai Control. You should be playing it in basically all these combo decks. It is just way, 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 way too good. Like, again, I don't know how we walked away from Standard and went, you know, Meat Hook Massacre. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Not the this uh, faithless looting with a creature and mana associated with it. <laughs> yeah. Same with wedding announcement. It's the same yeah. thing. Like, it's crazy. So whatever. The point being is I would like them to handle some of these things because I do worry that when we get the, the merging of the spheres, if you will, of Pioneer and Explorer, and we really get a quantity of these games in that is existing outside of both people that are still playing MTGO, We're going to end up with like a pretty weird snapshot of a metagame that might not be the healthiest, Mm -hmm. right? And I think it might be time to take pieces out of certain decks, right? Like, I I don't know if Mono Green should be victimized by that, but I think like something like taking out one set of the elves rather than taking Nykthos or, you know, just kind of like reducing a little bit of the power level of a lot of these decks, 
because we're rapidly headed to where we've gotten to with modern, which is I will I will out solitaire you, bro. Yeah. And that's not necessarily where I want to be. And I don't think Thoughtseize is enough of a safety valve. Like, we don't have a force of will. We don't have. And we probably should. Um, Anyway, so are there any cards I'm missing here, Cameron, that you could think of that you would be like, "Eh, I've kind of seen enough of this show and explore? Yeah, I mean, Fable and Mirror Breaker. I would say, yeah, I I hate, yeah, I don't want fires. I'm kind of just done with that, like that cheat into play sort of thing. Um. And that being said, if they want to take something from my mono green deck, I think I'm fine with it just because it is such a consistently good deck and it does seem to be on a path of just, I'm not even going to pay attention to what you're doing, just casting a bunch of stuff to get my dudes on the battlefield and overwhelm you, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, and it, it's a little bit alarming how quickly we can kind of spiral into that. Mm-hmm. And I know I know somebody will, out there will say, well, that's why Raghavan is... Uh, there are Raghavan apologists out there, Cameron, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And they would say, that's what's been good about Ma- Ravagan and... Ravagan? Ra- Ra- whatever. Raghavan, the, yeah. The, that dude. In, in modern is that it's kept people needing to play fair magic. They've had to play creatures still. I 100% don't buy that. But I would also say that just reducing kind of this power level and getting everything even um, before we get to... But again, maybe once they make all of Pioneer available, these are non-issues because you would just play Lotus Field and you would just blow these things out of the water. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. So, Cameron, last little bit of All Will Be One spoilers. Give me what you got. Which one do you feel like going with first? Oh, let's just go down your list here. Okay, wow, that that made for some good radio. <laughs> let's just go down the list on the show know. notes. <laughs> uh, very lackluster. Uh, so we have Nissa, Ascended Animist, uh, cost three colorless, uh, green, green, and then two, uh, com- uh, Phyrexian. Phyrexian. Yeah, yeah, mana of the green sort. Um, it has completed, it can be paid with, t- uh, green or two life, uh, for each green or each Phyrexian that's paid this way, Planeswalker enters with, you know, the fewer lo- loyalty counties, counters, uh, starts with seven and then plus one, create an XX green Phyrexian horror creature token with X is Nisa, uh, Nissa's uh, loyalty and then destroy target artifact or enchantment for a minus one. And then until end of turn creatures you control. Uh, get plus one, plus one for each forest you control and gain trample. Oof. Um, that last part right there, very interesting that you can ultimate this on that last turn, uh, you know, like on that turn, and then maybe have a swarm of elves. Maybe this is the crater hoof behemoth that would work in some sort of like elves deck seems really kind of interesting um hey you know if fable the mirror breaker is still in standard uh like i'm running this just destroy an enchantment you know like we're at that point right now uh so i don't know like this is an interesting planeswalker um uh big mana sort of thing but i kind of like that this could be like that okay i've got all my creatures they're just i'm just gonna overwhelm you now with 
with that. That's really uh, interesting. I like it. Yeah, like so basically seven mana overrun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you could just play it, and like you said, this could be an else thing. Um, I, I, I don't know how often like Nisses have traditionally been quite constructed playable in standard. Mm-hmm. The problem that this is is that this deck this card has forgive me is that it doesn't have a deck like the top two decks continue to be esper midrange grixis midrange mono white mono blue i know i just said top two enlisted four but those are the top four decks cameron and there is green nowhere basically right now green stinks um it's what white was a few years ago remember that when there's like there was not a single that went on for years it was a right? long time, yeah. <laughs> um, and while this could be an engine within, within of itself, if I really pressed you and said, what are the support players that are going to, like, there's just not a lot there, right? No. Um, is the next best green card Beseech You in standard right now? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Oh, so man, That's painful. It's a good it's a good thing. Um it's a good card, but I don't know that it's going to be a good thing for green because green just doesn't have the support pieces. I know Cameron you're also like, man, I wish black were just a little bit better. <laughs> I would also really love a card that would play better with Shieldred. Yeah. Yeah. Um so they decided to reprint Phyrexian Arena. Um So, for those of you keeping score at home, you might be thinking, well, you know, you complain about these enchantments like Wedding Announcement and Fable the Mirror Breaker. Uh, Black doesn't have an enchantment like that. Well, here we are. What what are they doing on turn three? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, this card is... uh, I, I think it's easy to overlook this card because it's been printed before. It's obviously... You know, a lot of commander decks and a lot of cubes and has varying qualities there. Uh, this card to me is scary <laughs> in standard in the context of a black deck right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a super duper solid play to just turn three this over a creature, especially if you know the game's going to go long. So I, we could be living in a world where this is a sideboard card against particular decks like you don't want to play it against you know aggro white or whatever but even then a lot of times standard decks aren't fast enough to victimize you um for playing this card and um it's just the saga that keeps on giving that's what a phyrexian arena is what do you think man yeah uh i'm right there with you it's uh this in combination with yeah shieldred this in combination well thank goodness i guess meat hook massacre was banned so we don't have to deal with like how the life loss doesn't really matter as it's netting everything else um i don't know are we gonna get bob is that coming in um <laughs> next yeah it makes me wonder like so are you gonna be playing this alongside fable of the mirror breaker like it does seem like it's better than reckoner Bankbuster. To me, sure, I might be incorrect there. So, like a lot of the Grixis decks play that, or they play Corpse Appraiser or Wandering Mind at the like the three drop spot. Like, I don't think it's to where you would play Overfield Mirror Breaker, but I think mm-hmm. you would cut some number of those to play this because 
I mean, you're always getting paid for this, right? Like you're yeah, always getting yeah. what you need. And Reckoner Bankbuster is, yes, there are scenarios where it's better, but you have to invest so much more time and tempo where at like at the turn, like if we're both at 18 and I cast this pass back to you and you can't kill it, I mean, the cash in gets really very yeah, strong. Yeah. The only downside I could see with maybe like Grixis is what else are you running that's like a double black? Is that going to slow you down at all? That's a good point. That's a good point. Like the mana seems pretty okay, but you're right. Mm-hmm. Like you could stumble up, you know, you have a Xander's Lounge and two Shivan Reefs and then you're you're <laughs> kind of... Uh, but hey, good news. Uh, Fable the Mirror Breaker, that makes treasure tokens too. Hey, look at that. Okay, solved. Look at <laughs> solved. So easy. What are we talking about? Honestly, as for mid-range, the mana can be a little trickier because you don't have Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Like you honestly never <laughs> have treasure tokens laying around and you have to hit like a lot of like you have to hit your uh denic right it's a white and a blue and so having something that's a black black can kind of be tough um though not impossible because god knows that you're playing you're playing shieldred right so um all right what else we got cameron uh well speaking of shieldred we have shieldred's edict which costs one and a black for an instant choose one each opponent sacrifices a non-token creature each opponent sacrifices a creature token each opponent sacrifices a planeswalker so a two mana pretty much gonna kill that nissa (laughs) (laughs) right you know uh two mana i mean yeah kill creature i mean so it's a good edict. Um, I like edicts, you know. I mean, it's interesting that it's Shieldred instead of a, a Liliana, uh, but here we are. Yeah, I guess the option between a Planeswalker and a the fact that you get to choose and your opponent doesn't get to choose, I think, makes this a little bit better. Um, yeah, it actually does, yeah. I, I saw some people saying that this is like, and I'm sure this is going to be good in Commander, but I do think this has standard applications i think once people see each opponent they kind of just drift off into nothingness and don't like it's like no no no. this that's just whatever subtext right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um all right so a couple's uh sons here um and it's kind of interesting i'm not seeing almost anyone talk about these and i don't know if it's just because the context by which they're going to be used is a little bit tougher to kind of wrap your head around Mm -hmm. um but i'll start with white sun's twilight so it's x white white for a sorcery you gain x life create x one one colorless phyrexian might artifact creature tokens with toxic one so basically they give one poison counter and they have this creature can't block if x is five or more destroy all other creatures so this is in keeping with things like martial coup where they're kind of these seven mana plus, hey, I'm making guys and wiping out the whole board at the same time. Um, but you don't have to do that. Like this could just be life gain and you create two, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I think this card would be slam duck constructed playable if these guys could block. They cannot, which is obviously kind of the safety valve on this card. Um, I think this card is a lot better. <laughs> than it's getting credit for. Yeah. Um yeah. and it solves it solves some amount of problems because you know a lot of times when you wrath you can't you know you lose a lot of tempo in that process that's kind for of the sure. give and take. 
Um, that's not what's happening here. Um, what do you think, dude? I think this is a great late game blowout. I really do. I mean, like if if we're playing some sort of control list and I mean, if you're running some number of other RAS that saves you on turn four, and then you know late game you play this, you're able to wipe their board, have five of these Phyrexian things, and then hopefully on those later turns you still have some sort of other removal or counter magic and can just win the game outright that way. So I don't know. I really like this card a lot. Yeah, and it weirdly kind of helps clean up Planeswalkers because if they've got like a Liliana or something, like obviously they get a full other activation on their turn, but if you wipe their board, it kind of puts their shields down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, last card I wanted to talk about, Cameron. Go for it. Yeah, uh, we have Black Sun's Twilight, X and Black. Uh, up to one target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. If X is five or more, return target creature. Uh, return a creature card with mana X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped. Um, once again, seems like it's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, target whatever and put it into the battlefield. I love this. Maybe it has a, a benefit of like ETBs, you know? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So let's just think about some targets here. So it's got to, X has got to equal five. Okay. Well, look at that. You could get a shieldred that way, Cameron. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So you could kill one of their creatures and put in a shieldred at instant speed. Let's say they resolve some Rafine triggers. Because, hey, if you're playing standard right now, you're playing the Esper Mirror every once yeah. in a while. Um, you could, like, they have, like, a bunch of Rafine triggers. You could instant speed, bring in a Shieldred, and kill them off the draw triggers. Jeez. That's really good. Um, also, just bringing back an AO the Dawn Sky for five, which is that 5-4, uh, you know, Dragon Spirit from Kamigawa, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's... there's there's options, or just a corpse appraiser. Like, there's nothing wrong with a good old fashioned corpse appraiser. Yeah. Draw a card. Um, like, again, I get that the downside is that your guy is coming into play tap, so you can't full on, what is that, a three for one of them or whatever. It would just be a two for one. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, w- what is happening to Magic these days? But this card is, is really good, though the art is weirdly like a Samurai Jack. Um, oh sure (laughs) cover i can't decide if it's an homage or what but anyway um this set looks fun early talk is the limited is going to be hyper hyper aggressive so sure i mean like you know four color magic decks are always great if you just subtract green so uh (laughs) seems like it's gonna be pretty good no man, they've got a good sun. They got a good uh, sun. They do have a good sun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, what am I getting with this thing? I have no idea. How am I getting there? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm kidding. We're just gonna play that card in green and explore. But yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, so Cameron, we'll be back uh, after this break. But next week, we'll we'll dive into our first full play impressions of Phyrexia. All will be one. We'll be right back. All right, Cameron. So here it says Dwarf Fortress, which I have never played. Mm-hmm. I know it's been around for a long time. So tell me how this happened <laughs> and 
Why you go to such great lengths to not play Flesh and Blood? Go. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I was uh, I've been looking for just like a world builder sort of thing. I do like been looking for another one of those. I guess um, Stardew Valley was great, and uh, anyway. Wanted to try something new. I've heard about Dwarf Fortress, and uh, there's a lot of press going on um, for, like, whatever the most recent iteration was. And I was reading something on TheVerge.com that had a good article about a write-up about Dwarf Fortress. So, anyway, it got me really kind of interested in it, and so I picked it up. Um, And it's... uh, To say deep (laughs) is, like, an understatement. It is... Um, really, really, really cool as far as like how those like the system. So it's just a world building sort of thing where you have like this world map and you're you're essentially just building this giant fortress um, with dwarfs and they can get diseases. They you know they have relationships and it's just you know, SimCity, uh, only mm-hmm. on like a giant level, but also like this real charming pixel art 2D sort of top-down thing. So anyway, I am only an hour into this and just trying to just scratch my teeth with it. Um, it is overwhelming and I definitely need to watch some, I think, tutorials just to figure it out. Um, but it's this type of game I think that Kind of like Spelunky, once you start to figure out some of the systems of how it, like the actual gameplay works and some of the loops, um, it looks like it's going to be incredibly rewarding. So um, I guess if there are any listeners out there, I would love your experiences on this, but I'm definitely going to be watching some YouTube videos, tutorials on how to get started. I, I This is like one of those horrible blind spots for me. Like everybody considers it a classic, and yeah, yeah, I've not touched it, um, but it's it's also super PC centric, right? So like, there's a lot of those like Age of Empires and, and sure. some other things that I just I don't have a history with because I didn't play a ton of PC, a little bit, but not a ton. Um, now, dude, I think this is the kind of rabbit hole. It it also kind of. When you play a game like this or Civ or any of these like super deep game system things, you realize that being a TCG fan is kind of just you're just a total sucker <laughs> because like a lot of these things like Slay the Spire is like that, right? It's incredibly uh-huh. deep and thoughtful and all that. And I paid 10 bucks and I played it for like years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And I bet that's the experience you'll get out of this. Like, what's it on Steam? Like, 20 bucks, 30 bucks like or something? Like, 30 bucks for it, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're like, you could probably play it for the rest of your life and engage with that community for the rest of your life, and it would be totally fine. For sure, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I've just come to the conclusion that I'm a broken human being. <laughs> that that I have to play expensive card games and like wristwatches, right? Like, this hey. is a problem. <laughs> Like, uh, no judgment from me. Okay, you do what you love. You're not going to yuck somebody's yum? I like that, Cameron. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I've reached the level of, like, I'm just I'm just saying this, Cameron. I've reached the level of watch snobbery. And, again, it doesn't necessarily have to do with price, but there's certain brands I turn my nose up at. Like, if someone says, I like watches, too. I got a movement watch. 
I, it's very hard to maintain mm-hmm. that poker mm-hmm. face. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> right? Yeah. And again, I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. Just buy a G-Shock. You're set. The smart, wise, thoughtful thing to do is to just spend $40 on a G-Shock and you'll never buy another watch for the rest of your life and it'll be great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's affordable. It's more affordable than a movement watch. Anyway, um, I'm probably going to get somebody to be like, what's wrong with movement or something? And I'm, mm-hmm. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so Cameron, what do you know about Hi-Fi Rush? Nothing. So, okay, background, Xbox acquired like a ton of studios, right? And right around, like a little bit before, a little bit after COVID hit, and basically everybody's kind of waiting for Game Pass to drop all these killer games, and it really hasn't because all their studios are backed up. So like the Bethesda Mm. stuff. So this is a, it's a Devil May Cry-like that is also a rhythm game and is written and produced like it's a Saturday morning cartoon. It's got a little bit of Jet Grind Radio, a little bit of Devil May Cry, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Cowboy Bebop. It is so cool. And I I just re-upped for Game Pass because, you know, I'm playing God of War 2, and my son is very interested in what I'm playing all the time, so I can't play God of War while he's awake. So that's been a much slower enterprise. Also, the game is a much slower enterprise, but that's another discussion. Uh, I'm nine hours in, guys. Can we have something happen? That would be great. <laughs> um, but this, we've been sitting down and playing together. And it's awesome because what they do is the whole game moves to the soundtrack. So his like cadence while he's running goes to the beat of whatever the, the stage's music is. And all the enemies bounce to that. And his idle animation moves to the beat of the music. And your character is going always to attack on the beat. However... If you hit it on the beat, just like the button on a beat, like a rhythm game, you get bonus damage. Mm -hmm. So the game always looks great, and it doesn't do that rhythm game thing where it's like, uh, hey, you missed that beat. You're a failure. You're dead. (laughs) Right? Like, Dance Dance Revolution and, you know, all the rock band games really engage in this, like, super punitive way of looking at it. Um, But really, the star of the show is, and if you pull it up, you'll see the art style... This looks super cool. <laughs> it is a blast. I watched the cutscenes. They are very tongue in cheek. I mean, very sophomoric. You know what I mean? Like, you're mm-hmm. not going to be like, man, I, you know, I'm so sophisticated watching this. But I just really enjoy games that don't take themselves super seriously. Mm-hmm. There is a whole sub subcontext like of mocking uh silicon valley in this game um and it i wouldn't say it's not even as well done as it was in the first doom which not the first first doom but the doom whatever that was 2016 Mm -hmm. where they were making fun of corporate culture this has a a sprinkling of that and because it's just trying to do it tongue-in-cheek and funny it kind of makes it more effective yeah um but yeah, they Beyonce dropped this. They did like an Xbox showcase and they're like, also out right now is this game Hi-Fi Rush. Nobody knew, like, I mean, obviously the people that worked on it, but mm-hmm. the, the public had no idea and it's been getting great reviews um, and it's just something that's totally worth, it's just a real breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. You know, and of course, Xbox promptly, 
after that, they're showing a team-based vampire shooter, and it's like, okay, okay. I, 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 even even if that game is going to be good, I just, it's nice to see a primary color every once in a while, guys. Yeah, yeah. This looks awesome. Oh, dude, watch a trailer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it costs or whatever, but yeah, it, and it seems like it's a short, breezy, fun time. Mm-hmm. The other thing I would say is the only big point of criticism, and I have this for a lot of games, is when you're pe- like you're having your kid play it like with you. In my mind, easy should be like real easy, like almost mm-hmm. impossible to die easy. Yeah, and this game doesn't quite do that, and so sometimes my son like gets a little fr- like, come on, man, like. I'm sorry, but uh, clearly your kid did not grow up with renting Mega Man 2 when he was seven years old thinking, <laughs> oh, this is going to be easy. Uh, yeah. What, what's what's really great is the NES taught us, if nothing else, persistence, right? <laughs> failure um, and persistence, yeah. But mostly failure. Like, <laughs> I mean... Honestly, if we stop and think about what it's done to our psychology, I don't know that we'd be really comfortable like explaining it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's like like social media; they're both just probably have done detrimental damage. <laughs> yeah, because like the games that I'm getting, I get hooked on, kind of treat me poorly. <laughs> right? I think yep. that's a fair assessment of both Magic and Flesh and Blood, and like maybe that's not great. Maybe that's not great for me. And, like, looking at everything as a value equation to be solved, right? But I guess that's that's us now, buddy. Cheers. So, eh. uh, I, anyway, Cameron, if someone would like to talk to you about their philosophy on life as it relates to game theory, where could they find you? That's all on Twitter, at Cameron underscore McCoy. And I'm at Curtis now. Our official show feed is at SpikeFeedMTG. We'll check you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>